Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes And we're back Oh boy This, <laughs> this is episode 109 109, yep Um it's a regular format episode for for a change. Yeah, um, it is. Jesse will be reviewing the album that I recommended like five like months, three ago. months ago, <laughs> four months ago, or something like that. Because of the internet by Childish Gambino. Yeah, and let me tell you, this album is a this album is a lot to process, a lot to go through. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's pretty insane the amount of work that was put into it. Uh, but we can get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into it later. We shall. But until then, let's talk about the other stuff. Oh, this is did I introduce the podcast? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I can't. I, can't I, I remember saying we're back, but after that, I don't remember where I said. <laughs> we're this back. Is, this is American it. Brews and Tunes. Yeah, of course. I'm Stephen Johnston, <laughs> and my name is Jesse Titus. Yeah, two of the best things in one place: beer and music. Oh yeah, we've already introed the music, so let's intro the beer. Yeah, um, this is our s- this is our first episode back from dry January. Technically, uh, technically, yeah, I believe yeah. so. I think so. Uh, a couple couple weeks after dry yeah. January. Yeah, uh, I, um, it but, is not dry February. I can assure you that. No, uh, but I, I should say for those who are curious, um, I know uh, Becca was on the last episode, right? Yes, so maybe this is episode 110, actually, now that I think about it. That's possible. Yeah, because Igor was 108. Yeah, so so this this is 110. 110, just like the the Uh, bus I rode in high school. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, the reason for that is because I was moving into a new place, so I was all busy with everything that comes along with moving, all the joy and uh, fun of that. Getting Fun. settled in, and my sinuses were all crazy because of all the new uh, aromas on the house. I guess <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know all, all the like the the new like dust particles and whatnot. And yeah, I wasn't used to it, so I was like super like stuffed up and sniffly for like a week and a half as well. And so uh, it was really nice of Becca to fill in. And uh, we talked you about guys talked uh, about Taylor Swift, T. Swizzy. Yeah, but what is the album called again? I don't know. It's her uh, most recent folk, one, right? Folklore. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, actually not her most recent. To. Oh, yeah, really? You check it. Yeah. She, she put out a, a companion album or sister album, whatever you want to call it. Oh. Same style. Interesting. Okay. Lots of like stuff more, the, more the dude folky, from the National. Right? Yeah. Right. Guitar player from the National, I think. He, he produced most of the record. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. I was, uh, I think it's the first time I've ever listened to an entire Taylor Swift album. Uh, I can't say that I've done that either. Um, it was pretty good, actually. But yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Folky. Folky. I like folk. Folk Bob. music. Yeah. She's going back and re-recording all of her old music. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, because... What is... Why, why, why is she doing that? Just because she wants to make it... Obviously, because she wants to make it different, but... Um, she's actually, I think, trying to make it similar. I, I don't really know, but it was... She's got a whole... Bunch of legal issues. Like she doesn't own her own masters. Oh. So she's making new recordings that she'll she will own the masters of. 
Okay. Yeah. Real Big Fish did the same thing at one point in time because they have all kinds of label issues and not getting the rights to the music. So that's interesting. I wonder. I wonder if it was because she she must have like signed some record deal with someone back when she was starting. Yeah. And I'm I would not call myself an expert on on what it is, but apparently she had signed the deal with the understanding that she would have the option to purchase her masters. Okay. um, Afterwards, and she was not given that option. Someone else purchased them. Dang. Yeah. Tough break. I mean, it's it's shady, but that's it was legal. Yeah. The entertainment industry for you. Yeah, pretty much. All bunch of shade, but I'll tell you what's not shady. Uh, IPAs from Johnny Miller. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> not shady. Um, you're reviewing a brewery that we have not had on the podcast before. Yes, we have not. Uh, they are from out that way in, in uh, Johnson City, right? Not from Johnson City. I think it's from... Waynesville, from, North yeah. Carolina, it looks Waynesville, like. Waynesville, North Carolina. And our, that- our good buddy and former roommate, Johnny Miller, lives in Johnson City, Tennessee, which is... Close to that, like border between the Carolinas and I think West Virginia, maybe I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it's like more central Tennessee, and it is closer to the Carolinas. I know yeah. that for sure. Yeah, because he's like he's pretty close to Asheville. Yeah, a lot closer than we are, at least. Yeah, definitely. But uh, he got us a uh, a beer to try from there. Actually, he brought back several beers from there. But this one is from the brewery Boo Jum. Is it Boojum or Boojum? I don't know. If um, you're going to go grammatically, I guess B-O-O-J-U-M is Boojum. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> say Boojum. <laughs> Boojum. I think Boojum uh, is a mythical creature. Is it? Is that the creature that's on the can right now? Yeah, I mean, here's what it says on the back of the can. Oh. From the highest cave in the range, the Boojum watches over his dominion. Others fall in line behind the most dangerous creature. In his honor, we created a beast of a beer, able to stand up to all others. Double the hops, double the malt. We didn't hold back on this beer that's destined <laughs> to be king. So I think Boojum is some mountain creature, <laughs> like a Bigfoot or something. Uh, I would guess so, yeah. Boojum, what a funny name. Uh, or- yeah, but... This, this yeah. is called the King of the Mountain, and it is a double yes. IPA. It looks like a boojum is maybe a fictional animal species in one of Lewis 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 Carroll's poem, "The Hunting of the Snark." Snark, 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 snark. So I guess it's a fictional creature, but maybe people believe it's real, just like Bigfoot? Question mark. Maybe not. There I is a know. big. There's a Bigfoot beer as well from. What is that brewery? Bigfoot B. Uh, it's the it's Sierra the, Nevada. Yeah, it's their uh, um, ancient ale or strong ale or barley yeah, wine yeah, or yeah. something. It's barley one of those. Wine. It's a it's a, it's their barley wine. Yep. It's like a ten or eleven percent or something crazy. It is. It is very delicious. It's, it's tasty. It's a a good one for a cold day. Good one for a cold day. Good one for any day you're looking for a strong beer. I guess I don't know. Yeah, this beer but, clocks in at eight percent, but has yeah. hundred and ten IBUs. Ooh! So it sounds like it could be pretty, pretty bitter. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and crack my can. All right, sounds good. Same here. Also, tough one. Little uh, 
behind the scenes. When we did our cheers, well, several times we've been recording remotely. <laughs> recording remotely, yeah. Um, on the times where we said it and it sounded like we were off, yeah. In post, I listened and we were on. Oh, really? When and we then, like, did our cheers <laughs> and it sounded like it was on, it definitely we was not. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So what we do it this episode all right we'll just just say we'll just it at a normal it. speed yeah at a normal speed we'll just say it and it'll just come naturally to us and we'll we'll get it right maybe um, because i've been having so many hazy ipas lately but this one yeah is this not. one looks really clear it smells really clean and like a nice a nice not like a super potent hop smell but like a good crisp hop is, is all i can yeah say. i i think the the word you use clean is a very good word to describe the smell. Yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't like punch me in the nose like a West Coast IPA might. Yeah, um, it doesn't smell too busy. It just smells good. I don't know. It smells, it smells very good. Yeah, I'm excited. Excited to try it. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, give it the uh, old one-two cheer and try the beer. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> As we always say on American Brews and Tunes. That's not on time. We'll see. Cheers. Mm. Hmm. That's really nice. It is very balanced. Uh yeah, it's not it's not overly aggressive at all. It's not uh it's multi, but it's not I wouldn't say this is a multi IPA. Um yeah, the hops are there, but they're not um, strangling like my tongue with bitterness. <laughs> I think uh, I think the term you used, clean, will go along really well with the taste as well. I think it's well balanced. It's clean. It's yeah. uh like it's not the hops aren't overly aggressive, like you said. It's not a dank a dank or a sticky hop. Yeah, the uh, the malts balance out with the hops very well, and it creates for a very nice a uh, very nice taste and honestly the aftertaste is a another super good just clean hop taste it's it's very nice i it's like really it good uh, i was about to say it doesn't really taste like 8% but i guess it kind of does in the aftertaste it does yeah in bit. the a- in the aftertaste i'd say where it tastes that's where it tastes like 8% but it doesn't taste overly boozy or anything it's this would be a really good beer to have with a burger ooh yes yeah. that'd be very good not hot wings. I don't like IPAs and hot wings. Gross. I don't like. I don't honestly don't really like beer in general with hot wings. Um, if you have like a Guinness, it's really good. <laughs> a night like a nitro stout is perfect. Right, because I think the carbonation, like whenever you have something carbonated with something spicy, it uh it kind of hurts. Yeah, I don't like I don't like <laughs> carbonation spicy at all. Yeah, why well, I, I never understood beer and hot wings. But if you get, a, you get yourself a nice nitro stout. Or any nitro beer, but mainly a nitro stout. Uh, yeah. You're golden. You're golden. golden wings. Yep. Golden wings. This is a delicious Good. beer. If if the taste profile changes as it warms up, we'll let you know. Otherwise, um, otherwise, let's uh, let's jump into childish Gambinos uh, because the internet. Who? All right, everybody, sit back and uh, strap yourselves in <laughs> for a. A review that is going to just scratch the surface of yeah. uh, what this album is. Um, it's a beast of an album. And f- for anyone who doesn't know, um, Childish Gambino is the stage name of actor, uh, musician, writer, producer, producer, like, all, extraordinary. He does everything. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover, no relation to Danny. 
Yes. Um, he has been on shows like 30 Rock, Community, and I believe he Atlanta. Writ, like wrote, yeah, like wrote, uh, directed uh, the show Atlanta on FX. A great show. Um, he was also Aaron Davis in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, Miles Morales' cousin. Who plays, um, he's a night prowler also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's, he's just he's all around the best. I love Donald Glover. Yeah. Um. After listening to this album, I definitely want to check out uh, his release before Camp. Camp is I I really like Camp, but it's very different. Yeah. Um. And then the um, album after this, which was called Awaken My Love, way different. That's like a funk and R and B album almost. Really cool. <laughs> it's it's I mean, uh, he, he does a lot of variety, so it's. I think he nice. just does whatever he's really interested in. Um, Very cool. But he quit the show community to do because of the internet. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's where the timeline is for this. Okay. Yeah. And uh, start Atlanta. Yeah. Because the internet was uh, released on December 10th in 2013. Uh, they recorded the album at a mansion owned by a basketball player named Chris Bosch. And while they were there, they they dubbed the mansion the temple uh, in their time there. Um, And I think, okay, so let me give a little bit of of back information about this album. Uh, There are a few companion pieces that go along with this album. Uh, There is a 72 page screenplay, which I did not delve too deeply into. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, and it's there is crazy. also there's also a short film entitled "Clapping for the Wrong Reasons," which I did watch. Um, yeah, it's kind of abstract in some parts. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I actually rewatched it today, and like after watching it and listening to, listening to the album a bunch today, I was like, I was like, man, I mean, I don't. I see the connection vaguely, but like can't mm-hmm. really put my finger on how they're directly connected. Um, and that's going to be a, a similar theme throughout this and that's, <laughs> throughout this whole album for me is that like I only kind of scratched the surface, so I'm not exactly sure all of the intentions yeah. or like every single part of the story that this album portrays or plays out. And from uh, my understanding, the album, the screenplay, and the short film are all related but they don't translate hundred percent. Like there's little, little bits and pieces from each one that, that kind of can roll over. Um, and maybe right. they all contribute to a bigger picture. Okay. Um, and if you, the listener has an extra like 12 hours to kill. I was, I was going to ask you about this. Uh, there, if, if you are interested in the, uh, in the, uh, full you, like, story, yeah, if you hear what Jesse says, and you're like, this sounds pretty interesting. I would like to know more. You can either do the research yourself or listen to a podcast called dissect. Um, where this dude literally spends an hour or more on each song. Sometimes yeah. like an hour and a half. It's absurd. Of which there are like, what, 19 songs? Yeah. 19 tracks. Some of them are short, but yeah. But still, it's, uh, I mean, he he goes in depth um, with the album, the screenplay, and the movie. So he, he helps connect it. Um, but we do not have a podcast <laughs> fitted for that. No, we don't. <laughs> we try to we try to keep things short and sweet. And Ain't nobody uh, got time for that. Nobody <laughs> got time for that. And uh, I mean, I guess we should say the general purpose of this podcast, if you're just joining us for the first time, is to introduce uh, the, each respective co-host to new out, new music that we have not listened to before, 
to expand our musical horizons and to try new beer uh, during that process. And in our journey, hopefully we persuade you to do the same. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so let me give, I guess let's all get started on talking about because the internet. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention is that the album was mostly written by Childish Gambino and then a composer producer from Sweden named Ludwig Göransson. There's an it's G O with an umlaut R A N S S O N, and he is uh, you guys mostly everybody will probably know some of his work uh, if you've recently watched Disney's The Mandalorian. Uh, he composed the entire soundtrack for that TV show. I think he's up uh, for so, an Emmy for that. Yeah, he's he's done a lot of work on Several TV, movies. on movies. He's worked uh, with a lot of different artists. He worked with Donald Glover on Community because he did the music for that. And yep. he, but I believe he produced Camp by Childish Gambino in one mixtape. Uh, yeah. I think Call to Sack. I know, so, I know that he did uh, produce Camp for sure. But it's pretty wild that this guy who produced this rap album does. Uh, professional scoring for television shows and movies. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, if and if you've just to take a little side sidebar here, a little sidetrack. Um, the music for The Mandalorian is fantastic. Like I, I really, really enjoy that music. So, yeah, I mean he's he's a, a composer and producer who can who can do it all. He's very diverse. Um, well, it's a real pair here, real pair of uh, yeah, call because them Renaissance men. Yeah, I would say they're both renaissance men of the entertainment music industry they, there's they only one are. reason why they made this album because, because of the, the internet, internet. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally um i saw a quote uh from childish gambino i guess i should say from say from donald glover is that he got the name for the album while talking to beck the singer beck mm-hmm. and yeah, he was like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much here because of the internet. Like a lot of what's going on in the world today is because of the internet. And it's true. His music and, blew up because of the internet. Yeah, and Beck was like, you should call your your album that because of the internet. <laughs> and he was like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> um, there is a lot of internet stuff on this record, but it is yeah, a lot of its core existential. Yeah, at its core, it's definitely an existential uh, kind of view on the world. Uh, there are a lot of references uh, within the album about like specific things to do with the internet, uh, but mostly I think this album is kind of a concept album about. I, I'm going to say about life. Yeah. I mean, there, <laughs> I mean, there is a character that's doing stuff, right? Yeah, uh, that well, you get more in the, the screenplay. Uh, yeah. But Childish Gambino or, or Donald Glover is vague on purpose, yeah. and I've seen like interviews. Like, there's um, something that pops up periodically in the uh, screenplay where this phrase keeps popping up and it's, it's, it says Roscoe's wetsuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really odd. Uh, and somebody like asked him what it means. And they're like, they like gave them his version of like the, the person's like, is this what it means? Blah, 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 blah. And uh, Donald Glover's like, for you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it can mean whatever <laughs> you want to mean. Uh, and they asked him what it means. And he's like, he's like, he's like, ah, I'll let you guys figure it out. That's funny. So I think he just uh, wants everyone to have their own experience with it. Yeah, that uh, that reminds me of 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 Bob Dylan, like back in the day when he was like at a press conference and one of the reporters was like was like asking him like what a specific song song means and he's like I don't tell you how to like I don't come and 
talk to you and tell you how to do your job. So like, don't try to inquire as to how, how to tell me to do my job or something like that. And it, that kind of reminds me of it. Like just not directly telling people what a song means and just kind of letting them yeah. uh, figure it out for themselves. I think um, I, I, I like that, but I also like knowing things. So yeah, yeah. There, there, there are a few times in which, uh, at least on a, on lyric genius where either um, Ludwig or a or Childish Gambino are uh, directly quoted, mm-hmm. and I will mention those times uh, whenever we get to it. Um, I just have one more thing to say <laughs> about uh, about the album before we jump in to the review, um, and that is the fact that this album is very musically diverse, which yes. makes sense with having Ludwig and uh, Childish Gambino be working like being the main uh, composers of this album. Very different from um, many rap albums I've listened to. Yeah, there are parts where there's like a really driving, like low slushy bass with like higher synth parts. And then there are some really jazzy parts. There are some parts of the album that are driven by a melodic electric guitar. And there are other parts where it's driven by like an arpeggiated acoustic guitar. And Thundercat makes an appearance on the album, which um, just listening to the album straight through, like you can tell which track Thundercat's on because he always yep. brings a very unique experience to anything that he works on. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my point is that it's a, a very diverse album in what it offers musically, and I really appreciate that. So let's. With that said. Yeah. With that said, let's let's jump right in to track number one. Uh, this this track is four seconds long. Um, it's called the library dash intro. Um, it's literally just an intro to the album and it just kind of sounds like a fast metronome, like clicking really fast for four seconds. I think it's supposed Um, to be some computer noise, like something starting up or something. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Okay. That that actually does make sense. Uh, since it's because the internet, it's like not a dial up tone, but like something, yeah, starting up on your computer or something Mm -hmm. like that. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, the last song actually ends with that, so it kind of transitions. Like it's like it's, a big like it's loop. ending. Yeah. yeah, from beginning to end. Uh, so we'll go into track number two uh, called... Uh, so anyway, this, this album is broken up, kind of. Uh, the, he uses Roman numerals a lot in his track, track listing. Yeah. Uh, so there will be like one or two songs and then like a shorter song to kind of act as like a transition... Or like a new, like a segue into like a new part of the story. Yeah. Like if you were looking at the track listing on the album or wherever it is, um, there are, are seven sections and with the, within each section, the songs are numbered and then there are Roman numerals after that. I think just to help it correspond with the screenplay. Almost. Yeah. 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 Um, so if we were to look at the screenplay, we would be introduced to a character called The Boy. And he is essentially the protagonist of the album. Mm-hmm. He he is born into a rich family. And in the song, in, in track number two, um, Roman numeral one, period, crawl, he introduces himself in the track. And essentially, you get the idea that uh, him and a girl are kind of together. Uh, but she is going to be breaking off their relationship. Um, and she's kind of thinking that he is going to crawl back to her. Um, I've seen a lot of like different uh, uh, things on Lyric Genius saying that 
like these are like the opening credits and you know like how in star wars mm -hmm. the opening credits like crawl up the screen and so like it could be referencing that i don't really see don't any know. reason that it should sometimes people overanalyze on lyric genius yeah they but definitely do so i'll say i mean maybe who knows yeah um but anyway uh, musically there's a like a, recur a recurring refrain uh in which the girl is saying where we were kind of thing bet you crawl all alone and that's a cool refrain too sounds yeah, really cool where, where, where we were kind of thing bet you crawl all alone i like uh charles gambino's first line because it says who am, who am I? I? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's his first line on purpose. Cause that's uh, yeah. a question that will not come up verbatim, but the question that definitely is recurring throughout the album. Yeah. The, the whole theme of like existential dread, you know, yeah. like the trying to figure out one's purpose in life is, is pretty much kind of the, the crux of this album, I would mm -hmm. say. Uh, so, so anyway, we're, we're introduced to the character, quote unquote, the boy. Um, and basically the whole story is following his life, yeah, essentially. His, his uh, journeys with his friends and Yeah, his journeys with his friends and all the types of different things that he gets into and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to track number three, which is Roman numeral two, period, world star. Um, world star before rap <laughs> you already know that i knew um, about world star before this but i have i i never did so there so for those who don't know which i did not know um world star is referencing a site called worldstarhiphop.com mm -hmm. and apparently like it, the song is mocking people on the internet who watch like random people fighting on the street or like people who are those seeing are, that happen and like getting out their phone and recording it. And yeah. those are videos that pop up on the website world starts, usually rap songs and fights and all kind of crazy things. Yeah. Um, and I guess in the song, they actually use samples from that website. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. And it seems like the boy, uh, whenever I say the boy, I'm going to be talking about childish Gambino's character in the, in the concept of the album is part I think he's participating in this internet culture at the time. Um, and at the end of the song in the outro, he says, we don't want to be on world star and all I want to be is a world star. So he like introduces this, um, idea that he doesn't really want to participate like fully in that culture, but he still wants to be a, a world star, like a, and a his, pop idol, I guess. Like he, his character apparently is an internet troll, so he's well yeah. immersed in the internet. My favorite part in this song is when it switches to that jazzy portion. Yeah, right. It's That's real, so cool. kind of abrupt and random. It is, uh, but yeah, but it, it still works play, really well, though. It, it does. It it, it flows uh, like it, it kind of makes sense musically, but it is a big change. But in the screenplay, they go to a jazz club at that part. Right. So it's it's not random. 100%. Yeah. Um, anytime you want to chime in with what's going on in the screenplay, if you remember it, go for I only, it. <laughs> I only remember bits and pieces, but I'll, I'll throw in whenever I can re remember things. Yeah. Uh, so on to track number four. It's a track called Dial Up. No Roman, no Roman numerals. So this is one of those trans transitional tracks and that I would kind just, of sets up the next song. Yeah, I think they should have just called this the worst guy's intro or prelude. Mm -hmm. I, I guess, yeah. I mean... 
this i think this song is about like 40 some seconds long right mm-hmm. something like that um and it, it, it starts with uh someone getting into a car and i'm assuming that uh also corresponds with the uh screenplay mm-hmm. and it's like a rainy day and you can hear the windshield wipers going back and forth and then that's followed up with some heavy synth chords and a synth melody that leads into track number five which is roman numeral one the wor- period the worst guys yeah and they use that windshield wiper in here too i think it's cool yeah they, they use that, that the they use that throughout the album yeah um they actually do uh kind of reuse melodies sometimes as well mm-hmm. uh which is kind of a nice touch i think uh <laughs> this this track features chance the rapper not much uh, of a feature, though. Not much of a feature. <laughs> he only uh, says one line. All she needed was some. 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 And that's the chorus. Yeah. Uh, this song kind of gives more backstory about the boy and kind of what he spends his money on, like uh, luxurious lifestyle and mm-hmm. how he thinks that's what this girl wants. Um but yeah, the uh, I think the song is is super catchy. Um, I as as little as Chance, Chance the Rapper adds, I think it it is it does sound really nice, and it it, it is like a really catchy refrain that mm-hmm. comes back in the song. Yeah, I think in the screenplay, this is about him talking about his his friends after they did their whole World Star shenanigans. They were at a club, and I think someone witnessed, witnessed the shooting in that song. But in this song. Um, he's kind of, I think it's a party at his house. Um, and I think his friends are who he's kind of considering the worst guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that goes into track number six, which is Roman numeral two period shadows. Uh, this is the song that Thundercat plays on. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you can just automatically tell like it's a, it's a very light, arpeggiated like airy bass guitar feeling mm-hmm. um and later in the song uh you can hear thundercat more um got those background vocals yeah <laughs> um in this song uh he's he's trying to get in contact the boy is trying to get in contact with the girl uh but the girl is not replying to any of his emails anymore and so he is kind of left alone in the lurch, which is another very common theme that uh, Gambino kind of delves into is like being alone and mm-hmm. and being depressed and like trying to deal with that. Um, so we'll see that come back in a lot of the other songs. Um, but we'll move on to track number seven, which is... Roman numeral three period telegraph Avenue parenthesis Oakland by Lloyd. Um, it's so goofy that there's a fake it, it's Oakland a, it's, by it's Lloyd a, is a fake song made up for this album. I thought it was a real guy. Lloyd is a real guy. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Cause I Lloyd think, is a real artist. I think he's on this song, right? I believe so. Yeah. I think he's singing um, Lloyd, the, the, uh, I don't know if he's R and B or rapper, what he is, but, um, he's singing a song called Oakland, but it's not a real Lloyd song. It was written for this specifically album. for this album, just because at the beginning of the song, he the boy gets into the car and like turns on the radio and it's like, "Hey guys, this is Power One Hundred Six. This is Yesi Ortiz. I need you to turn this full blast." And 
listen to this new track called Oakland by Lloyd. Mm -hmm. And then it like kind of like transitions into him listening to the song. And then he like eventually kind of starts singing along with the song in the car, which eventually transitions into Gambino actually singing the song. Mm -hmm. Oakland by Lloyd or Telegraph Avenue, I guess. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It's a, it's, it's actually one of my, like one of my favorite songs on the album just because I think it's, it's so catchy. Like, and it, like the way it starts, she was making Japanese and I'm watching DVDs in Oakland, in In Oakland. Oakland. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just, I just really, really like it. Um, but I guess this is, this This is one translates to the screenplay pretty well because he's traveling up to visit a girl who he, who he used um, to date or something, or he used, used to, to have date. a thing with. He's trying to get something started with her again, but uh, yeah, even though they have completely like different lifestyles at yeah. that time, and he's listening to Oakland as he drives up there. Yeah, and, he's and she's in Oakland. Oak- she's yeah. in Oakland. He's, I think, he's right. in L.A. Palisades or wherever. Yeah, but just that whole song, the like how it progresses and how they put it together, I, I really appreciate and really enjoy. Yeah, it's a cool one. Um, on to track number eight, which is Roman numeral four period sweatpants. And this is one of the, uh, one of the singles off the album, I believe. This is my favorite song on the album. It is. It is really catchy. And the basic idea of it is it's describing the boy's lifestyle, which is just like a rich kid life. And I believe, uh, a quote from Childish Gambino when someone asked him, like, why'd you call this song Sweatpants? He was like, because rich people can wear whatever they want. They can show up to a black tie event in sweatpants and no one would bat an eye. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's got, kind of trying to portray that that uh, sort of lifestyle in this yeah. song. So Snarky, that's rich, and braggadocious. Yeah, but really, are you eating, though? Are you, are eating? you eating, though? <laughs> I love yeah. it. The, the feature guy, whoever that is, problem problem yeah the only he, he's more like a hype man on this song yeah it's, it's like yeah yep uh-huh. yep what, yep what <laughs> it's, like, it's like nothing really i don't know why he's on there but he is yeah uh, so such a, i such think a good song though yeah i think this uh this song is is kind of used to show the attitude of the boy at this time rich not really rich not really caring about anything and not considering others it's like one of the main lines in the song is he says, don't be mad because I'm doing me better than you do when you <laughs> better than you do when you. So he's like, he's like, hey, just because I'm like rich and doing well for myself, like don't get pissed off on, I assume on the Internet or something mm-hmm. like that. People commenting or whatever on something that he's posted or. There is whatever one else. interesting part on this um, when he says he doesn't care about his family name, you can hear. um like he pounds his fists on a table and then it, it gets quiet for a few seconds. Yeah. At that point in the album and the music video for this song and on the screenplay, um, he hits the table and it goes silent, but all for seemingly different reasons. So it's, really? it's kind of interesting if you ever want to dive in and, and hmm. see why it's, it's a weird music video in a diner. I watched, I watched the music video and it, it was really interesting. Like he kept, Exiting the diner and re-entering through the way he, he entered the first time, and then more like, people progressively became, became more yeah people. more people were childish Gambino in the diner yeah and then by the end everybody in the in the diner is childish Gambino yeah 
so weird. Um. Anyway, uh, on to track number nine, which is Roman numeral five, period three thousand and five. Uh, which I believe this is my favorite song on the album. I think this was the other single. Yeah, well, it's a, right? uh, it's more reminiscent of what he what it sounded like on Camp almost, like more poppy and more. Uh, I was about to say jovial, but it's not really jovial. jovial. Uh, uh, <laughs> it sounds it sounds like it is until you read all the lyrics. It, yeah, it sounds like it is until you realize that this is literally a song about him, like trying to figure out what life is about yeah basically. it's a really negative song lyrically um, um but the chorus and the sound of the song is very positive <laughs> yeah um and i'm actually gonna read a direct quote from gambino about this song uh he said everybody's like quote it's a love song end quote it's kind of an existential thing i'm just really scared of being alone and he says when i was little there was a big dog down the street I was really scared of it, but when I was with my sister, when I knew I had to protect her, I wasn't afraid of the dog as much because somebody was there. I had a purpose. Um, he said, I, I kind of feel lost. I kind of feel lost like that, I feel. Um, so I think like the whole purpose of the song is like, is even though you do, like he feels that existential dread of like not having a purpose and not really um, knowing how to live or like what to do. Like he still is trying to kind of recapture that feeling of mm -hmm. having someone to protect, like how he protected his sister uh, from that dog and that, in order to kind of try to find a purpose in life. That quote reminds me of Hunter X Hunter. <laughs> really? <laughs> from the, uh, the Chimera Ant Saga. A little sidebar here. We're talking about the anime Hunter X Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever the One ants... Part, though started uh going into the human villages and eating uh kidnapping people to feed to oh the queen. yeah i know i know exactly what you're gonna talk about yeah early on it was that one brother and sister who the ants found and he's like don't worry sister i'll protect, I'll protect you, you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he, i think he has a stick also i can't remember yeah he does and then unfortunately I mean, he gets eaten <laughs> yeah unfortunately he gets eaten by the chimera ants but but he turns into a chimera ant kind of remember that he's he the does, first one yeah. who can talk i think yep he's the first one who can talk and then he uh personalities yeah. in there still somehow yeah it is yep but anyway and the music video for the song 3005 is also very interesting yeah is it the one where he is on like a ferris wheel with a bear yeah yeah and like a, the bear the teddy bear the teddy bears like as he goes around and loops it's like generally are like deteriorating over time mm -hmm. it's like getting worse and worse over time yeah and if you notice a, the the people in the car behind him um, for the first couple rotations there, it's a young couple. Yeah. Um, and then somehow they turn into an old couple mm -hmm. and then by the end, there's nobody in that seat. Yeah. Kind of wild. Like, yeah. A lot of the, uh, what's the chorus in this song? I'll be there by your side. Till 3005. Hold, hold up. up. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Hold up. up. Yeah. Such a, it's. Like I'm, I'm always Very so catchy. like amazed at how catchy they're able to make these songs sound. Like, um, a lot of the songs will have, you know, like synths that in this song, the the synths that they use give it a very upbeat, happy feeling, even though it is about mm -hmm. the uh, about the <laughs> thought about it's the existential dread about what life is about and what gives yeah. you a purpose. And, um, 
But anyway, I'm not sure if that song has too much to do with uh, the boy or the storyline in does. the song. Just, but uh, you know, just him starting to question everything. Yeah. Um, track number ten is another transition song. It's called "Playing Around Before the Party Starts," and this song is literally someone playing piano, and in the background there are various quote-unquote party voices <laughs> that you hear, like people partying. And then that, play the piano before. Yeah, the he's like starts. literally just playing, kind of like a. I would say like the piano part is like kind of a, like a melancholy sounding piano part. Like it's it's very slow, it's very mm-hmm. somber. It's um, which I I guess at the point in the screenplay reflects how the boy is feeling at the at this moment. Yeah, because he literally is throwing a party and people are starting to show up, and he's yeah, and he's just like he's I in the midst wanna... of all this dread and questioning, and yeah, and he's just like I just want to play piano and not go to the party which we'll see uh that emotion (laughs) comes out in the next song track number 11 is roman numeral one period the party uh the song is very reserved in the beginning uh with some like light singing until gambino comes in with like really fast intense rapping yeah um i like the beginning part it's funny we got drinking smoking cocaine <laughs> oh, like all these weird stuff for the party yeah and then the rapping comes in yep and he has like like this song is only about like a minute and 40 seconds i believe mm-hmm. and he has like one verse that he raps and then at the end of the song he just like yells at all the party goers to get the f out of his house um so sick of all these people in my mother effing house yeah so get him out. as him as the boy like I guess I would assume he's been living this lifestyle for so long and he's just had enough. And so he wants people to get out of his house and he wants to be alone. Uh, which leads to track number 12, which is Roman numeral two, period, no exit. No exit. Yeah, this, this um, is where I think the album takes a big shift. Yeah, it definitely which will does. Which kind of shift that way until the end. Yeah, the, the album takes a shift here. It's almost like you're going uphill and then you reach the climax and then it's a very steep downhill (laughs) um, after or during this song and then after this song. Yes. Uh, uh, But this this track really shows the musical diversity like super well. Uh, The chorus is super melodic and light and the verses are really heavy and dark. Um, There's a really distorted like bass sound and a driving Mm -hmm. bass drum that really sets the two parts parts apart the the chorus and the verses mm-hmm. it sets them very much apart yeah very um, existential again yeah in this song uh the boy kind of compares himself to a brown recluse look at the recluse look at the recluse um and i guess he he decides to take a lot of drugs um to try to get through the night and i think or to try to get through play, the nights he has a hallucination of a bunch of spiders descending from the ceiling. Yep. Yeah, That's a nightmare does. in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You would you would definitely not do too well with that dream. <laughs> the way he describes it in the screenplay is like the silk, like the, the webs are like silky and beautiful. And in my mind, I'm like, no, they're gross, disgusting, <laughs> and hor- horrifying. And horrifying. Um, but really cool song. Yeah. Uh, so... The end of that song is, is the is the boy taking a lot of drugs uh, because he's feeling like a recluse. He's feeling depressed. He's feeling 
think it was alone. partially suicidal. Yeah, the next track, number 13, called Death by Numbers, is another transition track. And this is, uh, in the screenplay, this track goes along with kind of the end of the last track. It was a, a failed suicide attempt, is basically mm-hmm. what that was. Um, another another good song. Like I, I like the transition tracks. Um, this one is also fairly short. Uh, but it, I guess if you were to match it with the screenplay, it would make a lot more sense or be a lot more impactful. Uh, just the album by itself, it's not too impactful, but I still like it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Agreed. On to track number 14, which is Roman numeral one, period, Flight of the Navigator. And apparently this song was named because Gambino and Ludwig were talking about a movie of the same name. And this was on Lyric Genius from uh, Ludwig, the producer. Like, he actually annotated it on Lyric Genius. And he said, yeah, he said that he was like, him and Gambino were talking about, I think it was a movie or a TV show or something. And then whenever he started in the morning, he just named this file Flight of the Navigator. And like didn't think of it, anything of it, and then it became the song title. It could kind of work though. Yeah, it does. I think it does work with what the song is about. Um, this is also this also shows the incredible musical diversity on this album. Yes, um, and it's no, also nothing else sounds anything similar to this song. Yeah, just like the way the whole song sounds, it is again like one of my favorites on the album because it sounds. Um, so different and like such a soft, like really, really soft. It sounds like really emo- emotive lyrics. Yeah. Yep. And that's over a very oh, soft wow. arpeggiated acoustic guitar. Yeah. Really, really pretty um, song. And there's actually, there was actually uh, Gambino's said what this song was inspired by. Um, and he said it, it was inspired by the death of someone that he was close to. Uh, one of the lyrics that I kind of pulled from the song is when he says, so we're left alone, no one left to call upon. Be still my broken bones as I travel on. Just hold me close, my darling. Because um, that's like hold the line. Hold me close, my darling. Yeah, that that line uh, kind of goes throughout the whole song. Um, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that, of that song. Uh, I assume they put it here because of like the boys failed suicide attempt and like, it just kind of made sense to put, to put it at this point in the album. Yeah. He's kind of trying to figure things out still, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that whole idea Makes does lead, does lead directly into track number 15, which is uh, Roman numeral two zealots of Stockholm free information um <laughs> i don't know why album. it's called zealots of stockholm do you know why it's called that yeah in uh, i believe in the screenplay he goes to sweden um because his dad dies okay uh, which that might be the person who died in the last song who he was referring to yeah i knew i knew that his dad died i didn't know mm-hmm. like when he died chronologically uh, so um, I wasn't sure if it was before this song or after this song, before the next song, which is called Urn. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in there he's going to pick up the urn, but I think he travels to Sweden yeah. to 
think pick up like just I, I don't really remember entirely. He goes there for some reason uh, that's related to his father's death. We'll say that. I I think in the screenplay he meets this girl who's dating the guy who wrote the the Fox song. Oh I right, I I watched uh, I watched or uh, uh, I think I was like junior or sophomore year of college. I do remember What's that song. What the fox yeah. say? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I watched uh, Anthony Fantano's review of this album, uh-huh. and he did mention that he was like, and at some point he goes to Sweden and has a gets in a fight with the guy who wrote "What Does the Fox Say?" <laughs> so it, it is very random, uh, yeah. but I think that's more internet references because yeah, he's trying sense. to point out how this guy really shouldn't be as important as he thinks he is. Right. Yeah. So goofy. Um, the the thing that struck me about this uh, this song specifically was the music in the song uh the the musical choices like the song starts off it's like broken up into different sections so like it starts off like really kind of laid back in like a three four time Mm -hmm. and then eventually it gets to like a really a really like deep driving bass like really intense um four four section and it like transfers between those two and it just like sounds so disjointed. It's it's really weird. Yeah, it's it's got some very strange stuff in this song. I'm not exactly sure if I like it. Um, <laughs> but in, things are getting weird on the album here. Yeah, they're they're definitely getting weird. Um, but basically, that song is dealing with the you know deals with the death of his father, and that subsequently uh, makes the boy. Uh, kind of think about life and death. Um, at least that's what I can kind of glean from uh, the general storyline or the general uh, uh, themes behind this yeah. this whole album. Yeah. Uh, so that leads on to track number 16, which is Roman numeral three, period, urn. Urn. Uh, <laughs> the song is The Boy having his father's ashes in an urn yeah i believe and he talks about like being by the ocean and looking up at the stars and throwing them into the sea mm-hmm. and so it kind of talks about him like the process of him taking care of like what his father left behind and what his father was to him the process of uh, yeah yeah and as we learn in the screenplay i believe i don't know if it's about the next song I think it bleeds into the next song, track number 17, which is rumor number one, Pink Toes. Mm -hmm. I believe the boy starts worrying about how much money he's going to have now that his father is dead. He he doesn't know. His father in the screenplay is the rapper Rick Ross, which is. Oh, right. I forgot about that. (laughs) It's very strange, but he's rich. And apparently now that he's dead, he's I think the, the money kind of funnels away relatively quickly. Yeah, and so basically, in the song Pink Toes, the boy decides to become a drug dealer. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because it starts off all happy with oh yeah, it's like sunshine, sunshine. <laughs> which yeah. are apparently drug references. That makes sense, yeah. Um, uh, this song features, I believe her name is Janae Aiko. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's I got think- a good voice. Yeah, she does. Uh, she makes an appearance on this, and she plays as the girl 
who I guess they're together now, and she thinks that he's going to make a really poor drug dealer, but she goes along with it anyway. Yeah, she's she's kind of grappling with, she doesn't want him to do it, and she's kind of wrestling with, with a, a choice to stay with him or, or not, because she's like, all my friends say I shouldn't yeah. get involved, but she can't help it. Yeah, I I really like her section. Uh, like whenever she's his singing eyes, her, his yeah, like I I really like the part where she's singing. Like it's it's fantastic. Yeah, her, um, she's got a good voice. Yeah, she really does. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that leads to track number eighteen, which is the penultimate track, uh, which is called song. Roman numeral two Earth colon the oldest computer. Parenthesis, the last night, end parenthesis. <laughs> this is a wild, wild song. Yeah, this is a wild song. There's a whole lot to unpack here. This al- this song really deals with all the themes that you've been hearing about throughout the whole album. Yeah. It deals with uh, finding purpose in life, like trying to figure out what it's all about, trying to deal with just everyday problems, just everything like that. Um. Eventually, I believe either Childish Gambino or the boy comes to the conclusion that the nothing in the world is permanent. Uh, the only thing that is permanent uh, is the concept of progress. Yeah. And he like talks about how the Earth is the oldest computer and how that it will be here after we're, we're gone, gone or after... Because like one of the lines in the song is, uh, "I don't want to uh, something an era, an, an era. era. I just want to live forever, forever." So like he wants to live forever to continue seeing that chain of progress, but ultimately he knows that he is only going to last for. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Ultimately, he knows that he's only going to last for like an era. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's um, wild though. Cause it's like part of the song um, starts to sound like a rave, like a party, like it is yeah. the last night. Yeah. And in the screenplay um, at this point, I think one of his drug, his drug dealing kind of gets a little out of hand and uh, some of his enemies who might be like dirty cops show up and there's, shooting yeah and, uh, is this is this the point where that shootout begins is that like the at the end of this song yeah that's or... the end of this song okay gotcha okay i was curious about that because i knew that he either that ends, is ends up in how, jail or dead yeah yeah that's how this whole thing ends is that he gets into a big gunfight with the cops over his drug dealing ways um and i guess maybe i don't know if he's he's either dead or dead or in jail yeah um, but somebody's around to do the last song Somebody is, yep. Uh, track number 19, the last track on the album is called Roman numeral three, Life, colon, The Biggest Troll, parenthesis, Andrew Arnheimer. Andrew Arnheimer. This song Which, is um, pretty much a straight rap song. Yeah. It's got a pretty pretty good steady beat, and then he um, raps for the most part over it. As far as, as, far as I know, Andrew Arnheimer is a hacker who and hacked into AT&T or something. Something like that. And was and he like a he, racist or white supremacist or something weird? They either, 
that's what they say he is. So, and I'm not sure if like, I could be completely wrong in this. And if I am, I apologize. Like, I'm not sure if Tyler Gambino is saying that he is the biggest troll or if I think that's not exactly what he's saying. He's like using Andrew Arnheimer as an example. But the point of this song is that life is the biggest troll. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's all a joke trying to that figure like, out who you are and what matters. Yeah that, it, yeah, that it's all a joke and that like life is essentially meaningless. And whenever you're born, that's actually your death sentence. And um, but then at the end of the song, he talks about how like he says, like, I need you to help me like you're here with me. I need you to help me. The joke's on you because you showed up. You're here yeah. now. I need you to help me. Yeah, so it's almost like, well, yeah, everything's pointless. And yeah, it is kind of a troll to be alive, but we're still all here and we still need to try to get through life together. As he kind still of, hasn't figured it out. I mean, he know, I mean, yeah. he's probably in a better place trying to figure things out, but it's not. he, he still doesn't know who he is fully. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> oh, so that was... That was Childish Gambino, because the uh, because the internet. I did a very poor job of explaining the storyline. <laughs> um, well, so if you do want to, if you do want to learn more about the actual storyline, did you say the podcast is called Dissect? Dissect, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's worth listening to. It's pretty cool because the guy he also talks about um, a lot of the music. I, I think I, I can't remember the guy's name, Cole something or other, um, yeah. but he was a music major in college. Um, so he's pretty well versed in theory and whatnot. So he he goes oh, okay. into the actual music as well. So it's 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 pretty cool to hear his his take on it. But ultimately, okay. um, in the way that uh, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino wanted it to be is it's hard to understand and it's very vague. So you take out of it what you want to take out of from it. Right. Yeah. And so I mean, I think I think what I what I take out of it is that uh, he believes. Or maybe not he believes, but maybe the boy eventually learns that like life, uh, although there might not be like complete meaning, like he he finds meaning in like the people around him, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I still I, don't fully know. I really like the one of the last things I wrote in my notes was a really long album and I still don't fully understand it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's pretty much it. why i keep coming back to it yeah uh it's, but there's, there's so much in it uh one other thing uh i just want to say again i really really like the musical diversity of this album i tip my hat to childish gambino and uh ludwig whatever his last name was <laughs> where is uh, i got it in my notes here somewhere gorenson yeah gorenson yeah uh so yeah like Hats off to them. Like I, I think it's it's a fantastic album musically. They did they did a good job at making something very unique. Yeah. I didn't uh I didn't like everything that I heard musically, but it was it was still very good. And it works um, as a whole. Yeah, it works as a whole. I'm glad I listened to it. Uh, if you have, if you want to check out a couple songs, check out three thousand five, um, Telegraph Avenue, Oakland by Lloyd. Or check out uh, Flight of the Navigator. I really like those three songs. I would say check out Sweatpants, but check out whatever you want out yeah. of those. Or check out the whole thing. Yeah, I'd say check the whole thing out. But if you're, give it a you're chance. Too, if you're too nervous, 
Hey, if you're too nervous, just check out one of those songs that we mentioned, or two of them, maybe. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Though. That's that's a doozy of an album. It it honestly, it really was like no this, joke. Like I listened to it the first time through, and I was like, boy, I don't know what this is." <laughs> yeah, I knew uh, what I was getting hey, into. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It was it was definitely worth it. It was a good album. Um, looking forward to next week. I think we're going to have either a free form or a one-off. Uh, maybe we'll do an arcade fire album. Who knows? Um, we're going to do something easy. We're going to do something fun. Easy peasy. Lemon fun squeezy. to talk about. It'll be great. Yeah. It'll be a, uh, a cakewalk compared to because of the internet. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this beer? Oh yeah. Yeah. We're back to it. Um, I, I, I think it's been right steady the the whole time. I've, uh, I haven't really noticed many changes, but it's it's been steady and solid. Uh, yeah, let me take another sip here. It's a little higher on the booze level to like crush a whole bunch of these. Yeah, definitely. If you wanted <laughs> to have a bunch and not <laughs> ruin your night. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the booze level almost got more intense as it got warmer. Yeah, I I think a little bit. Yeah, I, I could see I, that. But I think that the the balance is still there, though. Yeah. Like the balance between the malts and the hops is still there. I Great think this beer. is a good, good, easy riding beer, even though it's slightly higher alcohol content. Don't crush yeah. a ton of these, but great with a, a meal. Hey, good job, Boojum. Yeah, Boojum. Maybe we'll <laughs> go on our Sasquatch. Fun. Sam, Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so Sam Squanch. Sam Squanch. That's so goofy. Uh, uh, for those curious, the reference is Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, Bubbles it's is a, always trying very, to find the same squinch. Very funny show. That's a uh, worth a watch if you don't mind crude humor. It's very crude, but it's so funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh man, I love um, that show. Anyways, let's, all right. Uh, well, let's yeah, go next week. Beers. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Let's do that first. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Down the because the internet hatch. Delicious. So tasty. Next week will be something different. It'll be something different. Yeah. But we hope that you will join us. And if you uh, if you enjoyed this episode and feel like sharing it with your friends, go for it. Yeah. Um, Let us know what you think. Send us questions, concerns. If you just want to say yeah. hi, we're on all the social medias, American Brews and Tunes. Yep. Um, or if you want to recommend an album for us to review, go ahead and do that so yeah, too. Send please. us a message. We, we will review anything. Any Literally. album that you guys suggest. I probably will not review a Nazi album. Uh, yeah, true. I guess there probably <laughs> is a line because I know there is like specifically Nazi music, isn't there? Uh, at least that's what it seemed like from American History X. Well, wasn't there? Uh, I'm sure that, there is. What's that guy's name who does those documentaries? The British guy? Uh, um, uh, Ken Burns? No, it's the... Uh, Oh, Louis oh. Thoreau. Yeah, Louis Thoreau. Didn't he like live those with two, Nazis for a while and they like those had two concerts? little girls? Yeah, who sang the music? It was that was weird. That's yeah. All weird. So I guess don't recommend that. <laughs> yes, but pretty much anything else. We're we're very open minded. Yeah, pretty much anything else. <laughs> Close minded towards Nazis. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, as as one should be, right? I yeah, it's the, not it's not a, a very good thing to be. That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my name is Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Yeah. Don't be Nazis. 
Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beebity